Welcome to Reasonably Fit, the podcast where we'll teach you everything you need to know about health and fitness, but in a much more reasonable way than you might be used to. Think about us as your friendly fitness experts, but we're chill about it. So last week we had a great episode talking about what I eat in a day videos, Mm -hmm. Um, not what we eat in a day, but the overall concept of what I in the day videos. Right. Um, and today we're talking about gym intimidation. This is a really popular topic or, or something that hopefully will be really helpful for a lot of people because we do hear all the time that people are not confident enough to go over to the weight section or don't really know what to do once they're in the gym or don't feel comfortable going to a gym, hate the gym, like all these different things these about things. Um, feeling intimidated by the gym. And, and we totally get it. I think it's easy as a trainer to get a little blind to like, oh, what's a big deal? Like just go in there and take up space and don't be afraid to just show (laughs) up. And it's like, that's good in theory. But when you're actually getting yourself ready and hyped up to get to the gym, what is it actually going to take you to kind of get over those hurdles of self-doubt or, you know, self-consciousness? And how can you actually get yourself there and feel really good about it? So we wanted to provide some more tangible tips other than just like, don't worry about it. (laughs) You're fine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when we, it's like when you step into the gym, it, it seems like everyone is completely unapproachable completely uninviting. Everyone has headphones in. Everyone seems a little bit grumpy. Everyone seems slightly in a rush. And it's just not a conducive environment for someone who is a complete beginner to go in and just be in this sea of uh, what looks like unfriendly faces. But everyone's just trying to get their workout in. And that's just kind of what happens. Yeah, but we just kind of want to give some more tangible piece of pieces of advice today about how to overcome the, the sort of anxieties that you might have around the idea of going to the gym. And we, we've we actually worked in a lot of different types of facilities, which kind of gives us a unique perspective on different approaches that people might be able to take. And so we'll give, I think today we're going to focus mostly on the open gym sort of planet fitness type of situation where most people are working out at like anywhere from a 10 to $50 a month facility where the main offering is open gym. It's mainly you can come in and use all of the equipment that you want to use. We have also worked in other, we we worked in that scenario, right? We did work in a Boston sports club, which was very much that kind of situation. And then they also have things like personal training and classes, and we'll kind of go into that. But the main offering is the open gym space. We've also worked in a personal training studio where the only offering was personal training. So in that case, it's not open gym at all. You just go in and do your session with a, with a trainer. That's very different. And then we also created Achieve Fitness, which was kind of a way to navigate a lot of the feelings of intimidation that people felt in those big open gym situations while also providing coaching, personal training, programming, and all those things into that setting. So a big part of what we were going for when we opened our gym was actually to allay some of the anxieties and fears that a lot of people had with a regular gym. Yeah, right. I mean, we we owned Achieve Fitness for eight years. Now, we touched upon this in previous episodes, but the cornerstone behind Achieve Fitness was making it a place where fitness felt super approachable and the atmosphere was as inviting as we could possibly make it. And, 
you know, most gyms at that time, the emphasis was on the training, the programming, the equipment, and we really wanted to make all of our decisions be around how can we make people comfortable as soon as they walk in through our doors. And that was our primary criteria because we've been through these sort of different situations where there was a big box gym or even a private training studio where people felt comfortable with us, but not necessarily the environment as a whole. And that was one of the the main kind of driving factors behind building Achieve. Yeah. And so I think that if you are somebody who's extremely intimidated, hopefully some of these tips will help you get over that hump. But there are also other options out there besides these big box open gym settings, right? So like there are other smaller owned gyms like Achieve that are trying to make more of a community out of things or just trying to create less barriers of entry to come into the gym. So if after today you're still feeling like, yeah, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I still can't do it. Then like there are still other options. But I think because most people are like their easiest option, their most accessible option is like a big open gym. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to try to cover today so we can give the most people the best advice we can give. Yeah. All right. So let's go with before you even get to the gym, how you can start to prepare yourself both mentally and Not necessarily, not physically. (laughs) Actually, well, it's funny. This is a total tangent, but something that I remember hearing all the time with people, and this was usually in regards to personal training, but I hear it about the gym too, is that they want to get fit before they join the gym or before (laughs) they hire a personal trainer, which was always so mind blowing to me because I was like, but that's we're going to help you do that faster. Like that's what we're here <laughs> that's what for. The gym is for. Yeah. Like if you try to do it on your own, it's way harder. And like, we can actually get you there now <laughs> instead yeah. of having to like wait and try to do stuff on your own. But that is, I think some people that is a, a an insecurity on their own behalf is that they're feeling like I don't even belong here. Yeah. So I need to get myself into a specific type of shape or to look a certain way to even feel like I can walk into the gym. And that hopefully is something that we can talk you out of <laughs> as we go through this episode. But that is something that is definitely there for a lot of people is just feeling like I'm not even somebody who is would be welcome in a gym space. Yeah, totally. And like I think when we were professionals in the moment, it's like, no, like this is the whole point of my job, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, it's like now I can see like, you know, I can imagine going to a, let's say a, a basketball camp or a basketball game. Like before I enter that sort of arena, what I would want to do is go to a park by myself and just shoot baskets until I got better at basketball <laughs> before I went to whatever this setting was. I could totally see that just like that's that worthiness factor of like I don't even belong here um and again going back to achieve like our tagline was you belong here that was specifically to just make sure that people really knew that no matter what their experience levels was or um just how strong or how fit they were they belong no matter what yeah yeah and so hopefully if you're walking into an environment that doesn't necessarily have those things up on the walls and like you know in their mantras you still can have the understanding that the gym is not a place like it's different from a basketball league where like if you go join a basketball league there is an expectation that you know how to play basketball That's true, but like yeah. there sh- that shouldn't be there for the gym but it definitely is like we can see where people feel like it is because mm-hmm. there is a lot of times this sort of like elitism where 
even the marketing of the gym might only show people who look a certain way or are look like they just know what they're doing. And so somebody sees that and they're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't look like that. Like maybe yeah. I don't belong. But that's just in the absence of marketing toward a variety of people. Mm. But the reality is that everyone does belong in the gym. The gym should not be a space where there is this like the cutoff of how fit you have to be before you walk in the door. Right, Whereas yeah. like, there is an expectation that you know how to dribble a basketball before you show <laughs> up. True. So, yeah. you know, I, I like the comparison, but I think that there's like, there, there is more of a perception of that going on with the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Where it, it actually really isn't there. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, as far as before you even get to the gym, I think one way you can kind of be in more control of the situation is to have a plan or a program or something that you know you're going to follow when you get there, right? I think if you go there completely winging it and kind of like testing out a machine here and there, I think that can feel a little bit overwhelming. But we really recommend having some sort of plan before you even get there. And there's just so many different options online. There's programs that you can follow um, uh, like digitally. There's also uh, YouTube programs you can follow. There's all sorts of eBooks available. Um, but having some sort of game plan can be so helpful to know that like, okay, before I get there, I'm going to look over the game plan. I know what exercises I'm going to be doing. And so when I get to the gym, I'm not overwhelmed or trying to figure it out on the fly or figure out what machines I need to try to reserve and all that. It just puts you more firmly in the driver's seat before you can get to the gym, which I think is huge. Yeah, definitely. I remember when I joined my first gym in high school, I was 16. I had just quit gymnastics and like my favorite part of gymnastics was conditioning, strength and conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> and my friends always made fun of me. They were like, this is actually the worst part. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with you, but I loved like challenging myself with pull-ups and strength. And so I, as soon as I quit gymnastics, that was the thing I missed the most was strength training. And so I wanted to join a gym, but I remember I would show up and I would just be like, okay, what would I do during strength and conditioning practice? And then I would be like, well, I can't do plyos because there's not a spring floor and I can't do yeah. like, you know, I was like, so then I was like struggling to come up with moves. And so I would just kind of just wing it. And it just always felt very like I was walking around half the time, yeah. <laughs> like looking for like a piece of equipment that was open right. instead of having a plan. And it just always felt a little like I didn't know what was going to happen when I showed up and it was mm -hmm. just going to be whatever equipment was open. I would just figure out how to use that machine or do something here and there. Um, and then when the gym was busy or if the thing I wanted to do wasn't available, it was just like, uh, I'll go treadmill. stretch or I'll yeah. go on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I would just stretch until I found something like until I could think of something. So yeah. Yeah, basically, I think a lot of people do that. They kind of go and show up and look around and decide based on what they see what they're going to do. And that can be really scary initially when you're like building yourself up because you're like, okay, it's Monday night at 6.30 p.m. Like it's going to be A busy. Zoo. Yep. It's going to be busy. So what if nothing is available? What am I going to do? And then people end up just on the treadmill or they don't go at all. Yeah. Um, so having a program and just saying like, okay, I know I have a game plan and you know, having some ways, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but having some ways to modify things as mm -hmm. you're, as you see fit, as you notice if things are really busy, but having a game plan just gives you so much more confidence in just stepping in the doors in the first place. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, going beyond just the actual program itself, um, if it is accessible to you, having a personal trainer can be a really good, even just like having like two or three sessions, sessions, um, initially when you join the gym can be really helpful just like 
to get the lay of the land, to have a professional there with you to kind of just walk you through everything and make you feel really comfortable can be super helpful as well. Or if a personal trainer isn't accessible, then maybe having a workout buddy um, or workout partner, um, especially if they're a little bit more experienced, again, who can show you the ropes a little bit, that can be super helpful as well, just to have that sort of accountability and also a little bit of like a, a comfort system almost. Yeah. A lot of gyms will have like a, an initial, like we used to sell tri-packs, tri-packs yep. for a Boston Sports Club, but like some sort of initial deal on personal training. I think a lot of people don't do them because they're afraid to be Upsold, upsold yeah right and like and i we totally get that and it was just as uncomfortable as a personal trainer to do that as it is probably for the person <laughs> on the other side we hated that part of being a personal trainer in that setting but um those initial packages are really awesome like usually two or three sessions and you can get out of them what you want to get out of them like you can yeah. tell the trainer hey i'm just not really sure how to use this equipment would you mind showing me like it is your session and you can sort of lead the conversation in terms of like what you want to get out of it. And if it's about just learning the lay of the gym, that's that's something that you should definitely ask for. And that can yeah. be, and you can ask them like, what is the general like rule of thumb for working in on a machine and things like that. And just to get the like very specific to that gym um, protocol. Yeah, totally. All right. So the next step is before you even get to the gym is figuring out what items you need when you're at the gym itself. And so we definitely recommend bringing some sort of gym bag, um, obviously, especially if you're going to be coming from work or before work and you need that change of clothes, but some sort of gym bag. Uh, most people have a small duffel bag. Um, we used to bring one from Nike all the time, but just a small duffel bag. Obviously, you're going to need your gym clothes. You probably want a pair of sneakers. Um, that helps to keep your gym shoes super fresh, it helps them to last longer, and also like if you don't want to work out in your work shoes or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but also, even if you're wearing sneakers outside, like if it's at all muddy or dirty or yeah, rainy, like you don't want to be that person who's tracking in dirt and mud into the gym. So yeah, just, totally. just bring a, just have, I, I would say just have a pair of shoes that stays in your gym bag and mm. you just like change into them and change out of them and put them back in your gym bag. So they never see the, the light of day. Yes. <laughs> um, a towel can be help, helpful. Just like a little, little hand towel headphones. Headphones are super helpful because not only is it helpful just for music and listening to yourself, but also kind of just like, signals to the rest of the gym like i'm in my own world right now there's like this is my space like try not to interrupt me or disturb me kind of thing <laughs> yeah um and what else is there water bottle do you say water a bottle? water bottle water yeah. bottle super helpful and something that's actually helpful for me is a uh, like liquid chalk or like a piece of oh, chalk yeah. of some sort if you know you're going to be doing like kettlebells or like heavier barbell lifts and whatnot but yeah, some sort of duffel bag is helpful. Now, the other reason why a duffel bag or even just a water bottle can be helpful is because it sort of stakes your space. It's like if you're going to be using a squat rack or a bench or a machine, if you have that duffel bag right there, you avoid awkward confrontations where <laughs> you went to go get another piece of equipment or went to go get a sip of water and then someone is sitting on your machine. It's like my bag is right there. Like, <laughs> so it's a nice way to kind of just like stake your space a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I personally don't like to carry my whole bag around with me, so I just carry my 
water bottle and sometimes like my keys if I didn't bring a whole bag. But mm-hmm. I but still, it's the same idea. Like if I'm gonna use a bench, I put my water bottle on the bench and then I go get the dumbbells to come right. back to the bench because it's just like it's very easy to lose your spot if you don't have something signaling somebody is working here. So yeah, yeah definitely something carry- that you're carrying around with you throughout the gym um, and whatever like amount that you're comfortable with. If you are if you are like me and you want to put things away, like you don't like carrying a bag all the way around, just make sure you know what their locker system is because I guess for mm. some for some gyms, you would need a lock as well if you want to lock away your stuff. Yeah. For others, they have the lockers that have like the number codes that you can just do. But yeah. Another small item that you, you may definitely need. need a lock. You do not want to leave it exposed yeah. um, as much as we would love to have everyone be completely trustworthy. It's like it happened more times than we than I could count really at the uh, at the Boston Sports Club that we worked at. And it's like all the members are great. But I mean, some people will actually go in specifically for that one purpose and join the gym for that purpose to just go in and like look in lockers and Steal all that stuff. So, oh my gosh. So that's awful. make sure you have a lock. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So that's just pre pre even getting in the car and going to the gym. All right. So now you have your program in your hand or your app in your phone. You've got your gym bag. It's draped across your shoulder and you're walking to the gym. You need to have a little bit of a mindset sort of like chat with yourself. Lauren, do you want to kind of like set the stage for what self-talk you want to think about (laughs) when you're at the gym. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just to remind yourself that you have every right to be there. And that might sound obvious. Like you might be like, yeah, everyone has a right to be in a public space, right? But there is so much out there, like we were talking about before, where it's sort of made to seem like the gym is only for a certain type of person. But Mm. don't believe that. It's not true. Don't let those thoughts creep into your head. Remind yourself that you have just as much of a right to be there as somebody who's been a member there for years. And you have just as much of a right to the pieces of equipment. You're paying the same amount as they are to have access to that gym space. So yeah, no don't matter be afraid how, of taking up space. No matter how experienced the these other people might seem or how strong they are, unless the person is literally the gym owner, <laughs> it's like you have exactly, you're paying the exact same amount and you have the exact same rights to each and every piece of equipment. So definitely make sure that you remind yourself of that. Even though you might be a complete beginner, that's still your space and your time and your money that you're spending there. Yeah, and I would say if anybody is not a beginner who's listening, like don't forget that you were a beginner once Mm. and always keep that in mind when you see other people in the gym and just be aware that like everyone is starting from somewhere and you started from somewhere. And don't forget that when you're walking around the gym and Try not to make people feel like uncomfortable that they don't know what they're doing or give them any sort of weird looks. Like as a as a person who's coming in for the first time, I think those are the things that they fear the most or like mm. people are going to look at me weird or people are going to think that I don't know what I'm doing. And for the most part, I don't think that really does happen. But I think that it's a good reminder as somebody who is more comfortable that sometimes you may not even realize that you just like moving someone's stuff off of a bench because they're taking too long and like you you know, you want to get things going like that could actually make it so that they never come back to the gym again. There are these little moments where you might not even think that it's a big deal. But for somebody who's nervous and just starting out, like it might completely change the trajectory of, you know, their gym experience. So just try to be compassionate and like remember that you were there once too, right? We've had so many of those stories where it's something that seems so trivial and incidental, but it's such a massive impact on that person's life and yeah they they literally don't step foot into a gym for 10 years yeah until like they tried out our gym on a whim and it's just like 
yeah, it's like you hear these stories and it's like, yeah, just everyone just needs to be a little bit more kind and compassionate. Um, and also that, yeah, everyone starts as a beginner. Yeah. All right. So now you have your program or your workout buddy or your plan. You have your gym bag and you have your confidence. Yeah. <laughs> you have you your brought your confidence talk. with you. <laughs> um, now let's sort of go over what a general play by play of what is going to usually take place when you show up at a gym like that. Yeah. So you walk in, you say hi to the front desk person. And then most likely you either need to go to the locker room to drop your things off or you need to go to wherever the warm-up section is. Hopefully, if you're following a good program, you're going to be stretching or foam rolling or doing some sort of warm-up. Yeah. Right? And there's usually a dedicated space for this. There's yes. either some like turf or there's a little like rubber area that's sort of, sort of like walled off that usually says warm-up area. <laughs> like it's yeah. usually pretty clear where all the foam rollers. Look for the foam rollers. That would be a good indication that it's a warm-up area. Yeah, definitely. So you're warming up. Now, one thing that you want to do as you're warming up is just get an overall sense of what is happening at the gym. And so when I'm going to a commercial gym, as I'm warming up, I'm definitely taking note of what's happening with the squat racks. Are they busy? Are they taken up? Is there a long line? Trying to see the people there and kind of getting a mental snapshot because I know that in 10 to 15 minutes, most likely that person's going to be done and I'm going to be able to kind of swoop in and get to that squat rack. But it is very important to not just like be in your own world while you're doing your warm up and then get to the squat racks and be like, oh, I didn't realize that there's actually four people here and I need to uh, kind of hang around for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Something that's funny and making this more relevant and like recent for us is that we haven't worked at a big box gym in 10 over 10 years. Yeah. Um, but we joined a gym when we closed achieve we joined a local like big box gym for a few months before we moved up to new hampshire and so it was the first time in years that i had walked into that setting and i was nervous i was like oh my god this is hilarious like i'm nervous going into this situation i've been a trainer for, for yeah. 15 years i used to work in a gym just like this and i'm nervous so clearly like somebody who is completely uncomfortable in the gym setting would be way more nervous than me totally um and one thing that i Notice, and I think that's helping us too to be like really in somebody's shoes right now of like what they might be experiencing. And when I was doing my warm up, I was doing the same thing, like looking over at the racks and trying to figure out when one might be one might be open. And I would sometimes cut my warm up short, yeah, and actually go over when I saw somebody kind of cleaning up because you know that if somebody new comes in, then that's another. 10, 10 or 15, 15 minutes. minutes yeah. And so you're like, okay, so it really does help to navigate the busyness of the gym and to actually modify a little bit of your workout based on on that component, just so that you can don't get stuck like sitting around for too long. So I would maybe stop my workout, my warm up a little short to go over, get my barbell set up, get everything set up. And then I might do a, a quick warm up move like that I missed yeah, just yeah. in the rack. That's, <laughs> right? that's exactly what I would do. I was, yeah, let's say you have five different warm up moves. And you've done four and then you see the person starting to clean up a little bit, go over there, finish your fifth move like near them yeah. and be ready to kind of um, jump into the squat rack because, yeah, those are going to be um, high priority pieces of equipment that people are going to be looking for. Yeah. And I would ask the person too, like, are you finishing up um, in the next set or two? Like just to like kind of give a signal that like I'm planning on using this piece of equipment after you so that they if somebody else shows up they're like oh that person was here first kind of yeah. thing so just like kind of be like oh are you are you almost done i'm gonna i'll just hang here until you're wrapping up not in like a hurrying them up way but just in like a communicating that 
I'm going to be hoping to use this equipment next. Yeah. And this is, by the way, very normal. So don't feel like you're inconveniencing mm -hmm. them at all. Even if they have headphones in and they, and they don't want to be disturbed, this is very common gym etiquette and communication. And so don't definitely don't feel awkward or uncomfortable at all approaching this person. But yeah, basically most people are going to be doing around three to five sets. It's going to be taking around 10 to 15 minutes or so. So just having sort of like a little bit of a mental clock going around and making sure that as you're rolling, you're kind of seeing like, okay, this same face has been there for this whole time that I've been warming up. I can probably go over there first, ask how many sets that they have left. And I'll be probably in pretty good position kind of jump in right after that. Yeah, I guess we can do some like a couple more gym etiquette tips while we're here because there's a lot that goes on around the squat rack that gets talked about. Like mm. don't curl in the squat rack <laughs> and different things that people kind of make fun of. But it's good to know what, you know, what is out there in the zeitgeist so you know what to do. And one of the biggest things is always making sure you put your weights away. Mm. So when you're done doing, if you're squatting or benching, always making sure you put your plates, take your plates off the bar, unload the bar that you were working with, take them off and put them in the right spot. It's like, should be obvious, but it's not. <laughs> people don't do it. And then other people get mad. So yeah. just take your plates off, put them back where they belong. Another thing that's helpful um, that has really been now very normal, whereas it wasn't really before um, during COVID times, has been to wipe down yes. the bar or wipe down just the different pieces of equipment that you're going to be using before that person comes in. And so someone asks you if, how many sets you have left. You say, oh, I have one more set left. You knock it out. Just as a courtesy thing, just to wipe down the piece of equipment before they jump on can be just a nice, you know, uh, pass it along kind of Gesture. thing. Gesture. And it's nothing is grosser than a sweaty bench. Yeah. Like somebody else's <laughs> sweaty bench. It's just so gross. So another thing, if you know that you're a sweaty person, bring a towel with you. And, and if you're benching, like lay it on the bench. Yeah. I think that's something else that can help you also feel less awkward about the fact that you're sweating. Because I'm not saying that it's gross to sweat. <laughs> like that's a very <laughs> normal thing and you should be sweating in the gym. That's yeah. like something that should happen. But going and sitting on someone else's sweat is never comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you are somebody who knows that you sweat a lot, bring that towel with you and just have it constantly like underneath where you're sitting or underneath where you're laying so that you don't feel awkward and you don't feel like, oh, people are going to be grossed out by trying to use my equipment after me. And then of course, give it a nice like actual wipe down when you're done. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, when you are working out, um, the program that you might be following might be having you do a superset. And so a superset is basically going back and forth between two different exercises. Um, and ideally, the program is having it so that you don't have to go from squats and then go halfway across the room to go do pull-ups on a pull-up bar. Hopefully, you can just bring over a weight or something close to the squat rack. So you can kind of just go back and forth. But this is where it also helps to just have sort of situational awareness. Like Lauren said, if it is 6.30 p.m. on a Monday and the gym is a zoo, it you, you can totally break those supersets up into straight sets. So if you have four sets of squats followed by four sets of rows or something like that, you can just knock out your four sets of squats first and then do your rows after. And that just helps to free up the squat rack and help the next person move along. And I think if everyone did this, it would be such a more enjoyable experience. So, you know, no matter like having the program is just a loose guideline, but making sure that you are just being aware of the whole scenario that's going on at the gym itself. Yeah. When we first started writing Rise, our workout, our online workout program, we were still 
operating Achieve. And mm. so we sort of like only saw the day-to-day -day of operations of Achieve, which was set up differently from a traditional gym. And we would, got, we would get so much feedback being like, I can't pair these two exercises together logistically in my gym. And we were like, oh, right. Like you can't just like at Achieve, it was such common. It was so common to just like work in with people. And it was, I mean, that's acceptable at a bigger box gym as well, but it just was much more natural to, yeah. ha to have that happen at Achieve. And, and the equipment was just set up differently. And uh, so we kept getting a lot of feedback like these two exercises just don't <laughs> work together. Like I can't I can't squat and bench at the same time. And yeah. so like we really have been able to figure out the best pairings based on even just logistics of the gym. Um, but not every program will necessarily have that it taken into consideration. But knowing that supersets and trisets, they're typically just to help you save time. Right. Like they're just to be the most efficient that you can with your workout. So by pairing three two or three exercises that are non-competing, that's a way to get more things in in less amount of time. But if that makes it so that you end up losing your spot and then that takes you more time to then have to wait for your spot and like then it's not actually saving you time right. or frustration. So just do the straight sets, do three sets of squats and then go over and do three sets of pull-ups and don't worry that you're not following the program exactly because you're still getting all of the exercises in and all the work in. You're just doing it a little differently. Yeah. Now, if you're going in and you don't have necessarily a, a program that you're following and you're just trying to get the lay of the land and you haven't had personal training sessions, you don't have a gym buddy, like you are just kind of going in blind, you will see personal trainers doing floor hours typically in those settings, right? And a good personal trainer is going to want to help you because they ultimately do want to sell you personal <laughs> training. And so, but they're there to, to answer your questions. So if you have a question about how to set up a piece of equipment or how to do an exercise properly, you can go up to one of those floor hour trainers and ask them if they could help you. Mm. And they are there for that purpose. So especially if you're using a new piece of equipment that you're not sure about, instead of like fumbling around, looking around, being like, is anybody looking at me? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Like, just go up and to a trainer and ask. Like, that is what they're there for. Yeah. So uh -huh. use that resource and, and don't be afraid to, uh, I mean, just with the knowledge that they may then try to sell you on personal <laughs> training, <laughs> just full disclosure or full warning. But, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, coming from being a personal trainer in that setting, the amount of people that would avert their gaze <laughs> or try to avoid you is like it, it was always welcome like even if i knew that that person had no intention of signing up for personal training i was like oh this is something for me to actually do yeah. and be like a value Useful. in this in this place whereas most people avoid you like the plague yeah so, yeah um, utilize the floor trainers they are actually there to help you yeah. okay so now you've gone through your warm-up you've gone through your main lifts whether it was a squat or a bench or a deadlift but basically it really helps to plan your sort of workout around the high priority pieces of equipment. Now, later on in your program, more than likely there's stuff that's gonna be like using a cable machine or using any of the isolation-based machines like the leg curls or the glute machines or biceps or whatever. Um, in this case, you you don't have to be quite as observant and, mm -hmm. and, and strategic to try to figure out where you should be because these machines are set up to be easily shareable. And so even if someone is working on a machine, you can easily jump in while they're resting. And let's say you're doing a leg curl, you can ask that person, hey, how many more sets do you have left? If they have one left, then like let them finish their set and then you can jump in after. But if they're like, oh, I actually just started, you can ask them, can I work in with you? And working in with you is basically signifying, can I just alternate sets with you? And so basically they're gonna do their set 
and then they're going to hop off and, you know, rest. And then, well, and then you do your set and understanding the terminology of working in basically signals to the other person that, you know what you're what you're doing and that you know the lingo yeah that you're not going to just steal their equipment like yeah. you you know that it's uh going to be a you go i go scenario where you're really working together and like yeah. i think something that is nice to do in these situations is like like uh note what weight that they were using and then reset it to the weight that they were using after you're done with your set so yeah. if you're using a leg curl for instance and they were at 100 pounds and you change it to 50 pounds after your set change it back to 100 for them it's just a nice courtesy and shows that you're like really willing to work together with them yeah and you know you might need to even change like the setting like if you're doing a leg extension machine you might have shorter legs or longer legs than the person and you might adjust that, like adjusting it back for them before they get to their next set. Wiping down that piece of equipment can just be, again, a nice courtesy and just help keep things moving in a pleasant manner. Yeah, and it and it actually helps to spark connections in the gym. Like mm. there's so many people who once they get out of the fear of going to the gym, they actually meet people there. And it's actually like a nice situation. And not everybody is willing to. And some people are going to keep their headphones in and never want to talk to a person. And that's totally fine. <laughs> but if you are a social person who like likes to interact with people, like that's working in with someone is a nice way to just kind of like break the ice and, and have, you know, just a nice moment with someone yeah. you know who that could turn into a relationship in the gym like a friendship or whatever yeah or whatever, <laughs> or whatever. i don't know <laughs> where i was going <laughs> that's a whole separate topic <laughs> now one little thing that you might run into is if someone asks you for a spot mm. so a spot is i remember the first time someone asked asked me if i could spot them and it was a huge honor i was like oh my goodness i'm being knighted right now i feel like so worthy and i belong at the gym but basically <laughs> The spot is if someone is unsure of whether or not they're going to be able to fully complete their set of however many reps. Um, let's say it's bench press, for example. So someone is asking you for a spot. Now, you are totally within, it's totally within your right to be like, I'm actually very uncomfortable yeah, doing that. I don't so know you, how to spot. Like, like, I don't know how to spot. So like, you might be better served asking someone else. That's totally fine. But if you are, like, if you've been, benching for a while or like you know the exercise that they're about to do and you're like you know what i am pretty strong at this like let me try it out we want to go over like okay what is the exact game plan and so basically the thing that you want to do is as you're walking over to that piece of equipment again let's say it's the bench press what you want to ask them is how many reps that you're that they're going for because they could be going for 10 reps they could be going for one you need to be prepared to basically understand at what rep range you are probably going to be needed. Yeah. And so having an understanding of that can really help you to be prepared so that you're not like, whoa, whoa, I thought you're going to be doing 15 reps. Like I didn't realize you're going to be struggling after one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so understanding how many reps they're going to be doing is going to be great. And then for bench press specifically, you, you want to ask if they want to lift off. So this is a little bit tricky. This is a little <laughs> bit expert. But basically, what you want to do is grab with an overhand grip on one hand, an underhand grip on the other, if they say yes to a liftoff. And you're basically just assisting them to get the bar off of the rack itself and helping them get into position. And you are your job is to just very lightly position it into their shoulders with as minimal up and down force as possible. You're yeah. just kind of helping them just barely get it off. And then from there, they're 
they're in control. The main thing is clearing the J hooks. So what the bar yes. is resting on are these things called J hooks. And the reason that they're in the shape of a J is so that the bar never rolls forward and off the rack. And so when you're benching, it's sometimes that J hook is just a little bit above where you can lift it off. And so you want that person to just help you basically get over that hook and then pretty much you're good to go from there. So yeah. doing this big up and down movement is actually going to waste energy for the lifter and they're going to feel more frustrated by that. So yeah. just a very gentle lift off to clear the hooks and then let them take over. So let's say that they're doing five repetitions. You know that probably around three reps or so, it might start to get a little bit heavy for them. That's kind of like, a little bit more than halfway is when it starts to get a little bit heavy, and that's when you really want to start to think about gearing up for potentially helping them out. And so again, what you're doing is hovering above the bar, and as soon as you start to see that the bar starts to come down when it shouldn't, that's when you want to grab the bar and help bring it back into the rack position and just uh, help it help them from getting pinned, basically. Yeah. Um, but before that point, you actually don't want to touch the bar at all. Right. If No matter how much they're struggling, if the bar is moving in the right direction, you want to kind of back off a little bit and let them struggle and let them fight for it because they can a lot of times push through and get that rep. And yeah. you don't want to kind of rob them of that opportunity right a lot of a lot of lifters will probably say like okay like if they need your help mm -hmm. or like signify that they need your help um but yeah for the most part they because it's a heavy set and they're asking for a spot that means that it's going to be a struggle but they want to work through that struggle they don't yeah. want you to spot to just take over the lift for them so and then the more times you do it the more you understand like at what point you need to jump in like you'll you'll notice right after the first rep like okay they they've got this down pretty good i don't have to be like quite as hovery over the bar because that can be distracting for the lifter <laughs> as well. Or if you realize that after the first rep, they're going to be struggling, like you're you're even closer than usual. So being asked to spot is definitely a high honor. So definitely take that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, just understand. So you know the lingo and just understanding also how many repetitions that they're doing. Yeah. That's like a little, a little more nuanced <laughs> than we planned on getting on this episode, but I love it. I mean, there's going to be so many, we just basically want to take away with this episode, we want to take away any situation that you find yourself in in the gym that you weren't prepared for mm -hmm. and just make you feel like, oh, I've heard of that term before. Like, no, I actually don't want to give you a spot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, actually, I don't think that I'm the right person to ask, but thanks. Like, it's an honor, <laughs> you know, but just knowing like that now when you go to the gym, you know, kind of the general like gist of what might come up and what might happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that is a scenario that could come up. Yeah. All right, so now you've basically gone through the whole workout. I mean, did you want to talk about maybe if there's a finisher or like a cool down or something? Yeah, I think so. Most programs will have some sort of like finisher at the end where it's more cardio based. And sometimes it's just like pick a piece of cardio equipment and do some intervals on it or something like that. And that would be pretty straightforward. Um, but sometimes it might be like ropes or kettlebells or things where it takes up more space. And I think in those situations, again, just having just awareness, situational awareness about the gym and what's going on. And if there's like a ton of people trying to work in the in the warm up area, but that's the only place where there can be ropes and you have to like pull them all the way out into the middle <laughs> and you're doing ropes while people are trying to warm up, like it's just like a little much. And so maybe instead of sticking exactly to that program, you're like, okay, the point of this is to get my heart rate up. Maybe I'll just go and do some sprints on the treadmill or something yeah. like that. Um, but those, those situations are really just more in general for the gym, just always kind of being mindful of what's going on in terms of the busyness of the space and how can you 
Like, not that you shouldn't be allowed to take up space and use the equipment, but how can you also be courteous to everybody else who's around and, and make everybody feel comfortable? Yeah. You know, something that always gets brought up is this idea that everyone is watching you. Yeah. Right? And it could definitely feel like that. But you want to speak on that a little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that really most people aren't like that's just the truth is most people are not paying any attention to what you're doing if you look into a mirror at the gym like everybody's looking at themselves Mm -hmm. like if you look at whose reflection they're looking at they're looking at their own (laughs) they're they're checking their form or they're admiring themselves whatever it is they're looking at themselves they're not looking at you and it can feel it feels vulnerable when you're in this big open space and you feel uncomfortable you feel like everybody else knows that But mostly nobody knows that. Nobody knows whether you've been a member for years or if you just joined today. And you have to remember that the perception of people looking at you is far greater than people actually looking at you. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, I mean, the vast majority of people are looking at themselves or on their phone. Like, and everyone... Most most people are going to be in a rush, like they're just trying to get their workout in before their workday or after the workday, and they're just trying to get in and out unless it's like a high school kid. But yeah. it's like, yeah, most people are not concerned about what someone who is less experienced might be doing. Yeah. And I think that the fear has been perpetuated by the all the gym fail mm. videos and videos of people like using equipment wrong. And I mean... I hate that so much. I hate that so much because, first of all, it's just an invasion of that person's privacy to record somebody else at the gym. But also, it creates this fear for so many people that they're going to be filmed, that they're going to be made fun of. It makes people so afraid to even put themselves out there and potentially do something that might look silly to somebody else. And I I just... It, per- it perpetuates this whole gym intimidation thing in the first place yeah. it like keeps that going and it's unfortunate it's like this gym the gym should be a sacred place where everyone is just trying to better themselves and the fact that you are spending time out of your day to like videotape someone out of the corner of like your your exercise and trying to get them on film to post on social media is just uh is pretty low it's a reflection of the person who's filming like clearly they have some insecurities of their own that they need to make fun of someone else to make themselves feel better. Um, and so we hope to see those go away. We also hope that trainers stop sharing them. Mm. That drives me nuts. Like, I just feel like if you're a, if you're a trainer or a coach or somebody who's trying to help people get better, sharing a video of somebody using a piece of equipment wrong is not, not, you're not doing your job. <laughs> yeah. Like you're making fun of the people that you should be helping. Right. And so I, for me, I just feel like that is, just a huge red flag if you're a trainer and it's also just something that i hope to see go away completely because it's just it just sucks like it sucks that it happens but it doesn't happen that often i think like in all the times that we've been to a gym like that i've never seen anybody recording someone else no i think that you see these things online and think it's happening everywhere happening all the time there's also like a lot of fake videos now about (laughs) at the gym have you picked up on that some of them are pretty funny actually (laughs) they can be funny but it's also like this is just fake it's just dumb like i don't know it's like people pretending that somebody was hitting on them or people pretending and not that that doesn't happen because that definitely happens but like I don't know why people are creating these like fake scenarios, but they're not really happening. I saw this guy, he he was carrying like a PVC pipe and he went to go on bench and then he started rapid firing benching and then he like (laughs) fell off the bench and he starts, keeps pressing while he's on the floor and people are pretending to look at him and like, this is just outrageous. (laughs) But the fact that like it was so clearly fake, it like 
I was able to laugh at it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But just just know that like this stuff isn't happening as frequently as the internet might make you think that. Yeah, it is. exactly. And yeah, I mean, going back to point number one of just having a plan in the first place, like more than likely you're not going to be doing anything egregious if you're just following a program in the first place. Yeah, so that's true. You can kind of like negate all of that. It, even before you even get there. Yeah, it's just, it just, it, it really increases your confidence and makes you feel a lot more secure in what you're doing. Yeah. Um, if there are, let's just go through like other possible situations. If there is someone who is just being rude or outright mean, um, again, this is where people can get into a situation where they never step foot into a gym again for 10 years or whatever. And, this is so much more of a reflection on that person. You did nothing wrong. Again, you are in that space. And unless it's the gym owner themselves, like you have every right to be in that space as they are. And you have every equal right to use whatever equipment that they're using. There should be no sort of rudeness or meanness or looks or anything along those lines that should be going on. Everyone should be hopefully working together because everyone's at the end of the day just trying to be better versions of themselves. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that something that I loved to see when we joined the gym a couple months ago was, I mean, when I first started working out, it was very uncommon to see a woman in the squat rack, mm. like for sure. I mean, definitely it was starting to be like more common to see women in the weight section at all, at all even yeah. just using dumbbells. And I, there were so many women squatting and deadlifting and benching and it was very like everyone seemed really supportive of each other. Like there never seemed to be that sense that like, oh, like, oh, that's so annoying that she's taking up a rack and only using 55 pounds or anything yeah. like that. Like it just really did seem like, and I shouldn't even just make it a gender thing. Like in general, you're like, I think there can be this fear that if you're not lifting a certain amount of weight, you don't deserve to be in the squat rack or you don't deserve to be taking up a barbell or a bench. But that's just not true. It's not yeah. true. No matter how strong you are, or how like you were just saying, Jason, like, you you pay the same amount of money to use the same amount of equipment. So it just isn't, it, it doesn't matter how much weight you're lifting. You belong there and you deserve to be there. So yeah, keeping definitely. that in mind. But I do think that there is much more just a general acceptance of a lot of different levels being in the gym and, and using strength equipment specifically that, that I was happy to see. When yeah. I and from my personal perspective, like it was actually very interesting. I saw so many younger Asian kids at the gym, which is something that I just really didn't see before that much. But at this at this gym that we went to, there were so many Asian kids um, just lifting heavy and like supporting one another. And they were often coming into with like with larger groups. But it was just cool to see just like different groups and dynamics of people understanding that the gym is an accessible place and you don't have to look like a very certain type of person to be there and to get into shape. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that helps you realize that like there are a lot of people in your similar situation that there are a lot of people who felt like maybe I don't belong, but I'm going to overcome that. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to get in there. And the more that keeps happening and the more that you take that step to overcome your own fears, the more you're going to create this, like open up more opportunities for people like you to feel more comfortable doing it too. So it's almost like you have a greater, greater purpose behind doing this and taking this step is it's mm. not even just for you, but it's for everybody who is also afraid yeah. who that might see you in the gym and be like, Oh, I can do that too. Like they didn't necessarily know what they were doing. They maybe hadn't been in the gym before and look at them go like I can do that too. And you can be 
you're probably way more inspirational to other people than the person who's been there for years who goes every day. Mm, yep. Showing up and doing something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone, that's inspirational. That actually creates this environment where people feel like they can be much more comfortable. They can be themselves. They can show up. And so don't like negate the fact that you actually might be doing a lot of good for other people, not even just for yourself. Yeah. With that being said, still the open gym setting, I would say, is probably the most intimidating of settings. This used to be kind of the only option. And now there are so many boutique style gyms, whether they're focused on group classes or whether they're focused on small group training. But there are a lot of more privately owned facilities that we typically would recommend more than just a, a general open gym setting because usually there's just much more care put into the culture and the community. There's a lot more just like happiness and the vibes just feel different. I mean, obviously it's going to depend on the place that you go, but you what might be more likely to find a community that feels a little bit more geared toward you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of the massive pros to CrossFit when it first came out. Mm -hmm. It was like, community was at the forefront and it was like it really led the charge with these sort of like smaller like boutique type of gyms where you weren't just like a number you weren't just like one of 5,000 members you're one of 300 and you definitely really mattered and you could really just be involved within the community which helped you get better results obviously because you wanted to keep coming back but you also had like a, just like a different social element attached to it as well and so these places are very um, helpful for that. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many now that so many small gyms now that are like very niched in the markets that they that they want to cater to just to try to help people feel like, oh, that's a place for me. And so, yeah, just do doing your research in your area and knowing that you're not limited to just a Planet Fitness or uh, Equinox or whatever is available in terms of those like more corporate settings and see what small gyms are out there. Yeah, definitely. All right. So hopefully you've got a lot of good takeaways um, about how to be less gym intimidated. Trademark TM. <laughs> um, you're pretending now like you trademarked it. <laughs> We're really going to get sued. <laughs> We're going to sue about Planet Fitness tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, we really wanted to have just like an overall game plan for you. Just like before you walked into the gym, when you got to the gym, like just different things that a more veteran person is kind of taking into account as they're going through um, their gym motions. But hopefully you have a little bit less gym intimidation. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that's really about it. Yeah. Um, so next week, we're kind of deciding between a few different topics. So I'm not going to give a, a teaser for next week's episode because we're not 100% sure. Maybe we'll put up a poll on Instagram of like, which, which one, which one and yeah. see which one you all would m more be interested in. So um, keep an eye out for that on stories. But for now, make sure that you go ahead and uh, follow us at Reasonably Fit pod on Instagram. That's where we put up the episode, um, sort of like an image from the episode and any fun pictures that might have come up out of it. Um, and would love to hear your comments and your feedback on the episode so that we can keep making this podcast um, even better for you. So yeah, you can follow us on any major podcasting platforms. If you listen on iTunes, please leave us a review and a rating. It helps us out a lot. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah, we're trying to like as we get more and more into the podcasting world, we're trying to, we're kind of realizing that this is a very unique take on fitness right now, right? It's a, it's unique to say like fitness doesn't have to be so serious. <laughs> and uh, we would love for that to become a more common message and for people to be able to hear that 
They're not failing at working out. They're not failing at fitness just because they're not doing every single thing that fitness gurus tell you you have to do. Yeah. And so hopefully, um, you know, by leaving reviews and ratings and things like that, this podcast can create a little bit even of a bigger change in the industry in general, just to uh, keep things moving in this direction because it just doesn't have to be so serious. (laughs) (laughs) It can just be a little bit more reasonable. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I think that's all we got for you today. Until next time. Sweat out. Happiness in. (laughs) 